Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another amazing and exciting episode of Omapreneur. In this podcast, I'm going to speak with Sister Shams, who is the co-founder of RX Course. And we're going to dive into what that company is exactly, what they do. But I'm sure you've already guessed by the name that they're in the healthcare space. And it's really interesting and unique what they've been doing over the last couple of years, inshallah. So I'm going to dive into all of this with her, share her experience. And I'm going to let her really just kind of actually chime in here and share in her own words what her company is about, what they do so that you guys can learn a little bit more. So Sister Shams, I'm super excited to dive into this today. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum salam. Thank you so much, Brother Avi, for having me today. And it's a pleasure. Um, it's, it's, I'm so excited. It's amazing to join Emrepreneur. And um, thank you so much for inviting me today. Of course. The pleasure is definitely all mine. And again, I uh, uh, like, you know, the people listening don't know this, but uh, we had scheduled this like for 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, which is where I'm at right now. It's like 2.15. I was a little bit delayed uh, because I had to kind of run back from Jamaa. And, uh, you know, you were kind enough to accommodate that and just kind of, you know, wait for me to reschedule. So I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate it uh, and, and really just appreciate you coming on the podcast. So tell us a little bit about RX Course. What is it exactly? What is this idea that you guys came up with and what are you building? What do you offer? So RX Course in a nutshell, it's an e-learning platform and um, like a social media platform, two-in-one mm -hmm. platform for okay. pharmacists. And especially we're targeting newcomer pharmacists in Canada, immigrant pharmacists, international pharmacy graduates, they come in uh, different terms. Okay. And we are trying to give them a hand to get into the Canadian workforce mm -hmm. by either preparing them for the licensure exams by doing preparation courses for them or giving them a hand to get a, um, a foothold in the Canadian pharmaceutical industry by other uh, courses in the Canadian industry. Other than that, other than the courses, our services are totally free um, for newcomers um, by mentoring them, um, teaching them about the, the ways actually to get in fit with the Canadian workforce. Um, yeah. And we are even focusing more, uh, for the sisters, the ladies that are newcomers, because it's kind of like really difficult. You are a newcomer, a mother, a pharmacist, you're trying to get the licensure, you're trying to get your first job in Canada. We understand the struggle. And RX course came to life to ease it a little bit on them, mm -hmm. to lead the way uh, for them and um, help them thrive actually in Canada. Okay, got it. And and what is your personal background? You know, before you started this company, everyone you know kind of sees the business and sees the entrepreneur. But where did you start? Where were you before? Okay, so I studied PharmD or Doctor of Pharmacy degree from the mm -hmm. University of Jordan. Mm -hmm. um and actually i'm kind of like a tech savvy so i love okay. tech so much and a web developer as well and a smartphones developer so these things together they have like um you know i have to complement both of these things the technology and the healthcare together and to create different projects mm -hmm. so i had a project before actually for archiving system back in the university days and uh, just to help students reach their material, their notes, their records, lecture records, and archiving it. So we would keep it for them for years and years after they won't lose it or anything. So mm -hmm. the idea of our course actually that I found there was a gap in Canada 
Regarding the help uh, that is provided for international pharmacy graduates, so that that is how we we came up with the idea. Okay. And especially the pandemic, COVID nineteen really inspired us to do <laughs> our exposed. Subhanallah. And when you when you wanted to bring this idea to life and you wanted to really um, like you know create something out of nothing, which is what every entrepreneur ultimately sets out to do, what were the first initial steps that you both took to bring this idea to reality? Can you remember the initial few days when you were working on this? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what happened is, um, as I'm telling you, COVID-19 hit. And I, I actually was enrolled with the University of Toronto for a program. And they mm -hmm. canceled that program during that year. They didn't know what to do with the COVID-19 and, you know, going online and everything. Mm -hmm. And once in a sudden, I found myself doing nothing. <laughs> like, I was really planning to complete that program. And I was still connecting with our students back in Jordan. Uh, with mm -hmm. the previous platform that I was uh, telling you about. And the students, you know, they were in limbo because of COVID-19. Everything right. goes online, no live lectures. And uh, me and my brother were thinking, why don't we just build an e-learning platform for them and help them, you know, mm -hmm. to do their courses uh, online? Because sometimes, you know, the e-learning systems, they are not always you know, predictable or easy to use for all the students. Um, however, after we built up the, the platform for the students and we started inviting professors, like, hey, we, we built this e-learning platform. Why don't you come in to help your students and everything? They were like, mm, it's illegal. I was like, mm. okay. <laughs> and I was going to ask <laughs> about that. Yeah, because you're in the healthcare in the, in niche, right? Which is there's a lot of like legalities involved. Exactly. So they were in Jordan, we were in Canada. It, it can't kind of like didn't make sense a lot. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I enrolled in multiple entrepreneurship programs like with Access, uh, with uh, Startup Company Plus, with the uh, city of Mississauga. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were a lot of ideas. One of them, and that's the thing, like, what is the struggle that you are facing yourself? And what is mm -hmm. the problem that we want to solve? Yeah. And then I found out there is a bigger struggle, you know, back in Jordan or whatever country, those students are with their families, with their peers in their home country. But the struggle, actually, the people who are struggling are the newcomers. And mm -hmm. COVID-19 gave me the space to connect with many, many, many immigrants mm -hmm. in Canada and uh, pharmacists who are, oh, my God, like facing issues with, for example, divorce issues, uh, facing uh, health issues, financial issues, psychological issues, just because, you know, just to get their degree done. That's all mm -hmm. like they're doing all of these hardships and for all of us, Canada is like the dream country. And mm -hmm. this is how we end with. So I, I, I wasn't, I, we didn't accept that fact that we decided mm -hmm. to, you know, come in and make that change. So we started with actually just a YouTube series about how to do the licensure um, in Arabic. We did it in Arabic uh, primarily. And then, you know, people came in and they said, do you teach? Like, can you do courses for us? And we were like, yeah, okay, why not? Let's do that. 
And this is how we started. And it was hard at the beginning. Yeah, there are there were a lot of issues that we faced. Probably we can move into it later. For sure. I'm sure. I mean, with any business, right? It's like you, you initially start and you're like, okay, I have this idea. I have this problem that I want to solve. And in your mind, you're like, yes, it's going to be challenging. But it's always like, you know, a smooth ride to the top, like every step forward. But usually, usually what you realize in entrepreneurship is that it's not like this uh, escalator where you just keep moving upwards with every step. It's more like a roller coaster where it's just ups and downs constantly. And you're just hoping that overall the trajectory is upwards and you continue to grow, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that you touched upon, I do want to touch upon actually, mm-hmm. because it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing that you mentioned. I'm, I'm someone who was born in Canada. So my parents immigrated to Canada from Lebanon uh, many, many years ago. Uh, and I was born and raised here. I've actually never been back, never been to Lebanon, I've never visited. And, you know, I, I don't, un- I don't, I don't understand or know what the perspective is of someone who wasn't born in Canada and wants to immigrate. As you mentioned, and I've heard this before, is that, you know, there's so many people really fighting to, to come here, right? Really fighting for the chance to be able to come here. And it's understandable, right? Because a lot of our countries, even within the Arab Peninsula uh, and, and Middle East is just it's just not working out, right? In terms of the, either it's corrupt government or other factors involved, um, it's just difficult over there to, to really make it happen. So I want to know your perspective. I want to touch on this right now. As someone who has spoken to many people who have gone through that transition, and I, I believe you've gone through that transition yourself, right? So you studied at the University of Jordan. What was it like when you were going through the process and in your mind, you're like, okay, I want to get to this country and we're going to get to Canada. And as you mentioned, it's like the promised land and then actually being here and kind of having that disillusionment where it's like, oh, it's just a regular country, like everything else. Um, what was that like for you? <laughs> I just want to know. I'm really curious. Yeah. Um, so to be honest with you, I have uh, two sisters. One of them who, uh, is living in France and the other mm-hmm. living in Sweden. And I have another sister here in Canada. And the first thing that they told me when they saw me, like, so excited, I'm coming mm-hmm. to Canada. And they were like, sister, don't get shocked, okay? I don't want you to, you know, like, you know, you put the, you know, that your um, goals a little bit down, a little bit down. I, I really don't want you to get shocked. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. Is it that going to be that way? And uh, that's the issue here that, um, for example, Personally, when I studied PharmD, doctor of pharmacy, and I'm originally from Iraq, so I wasn't um, legally able to work in Jordan. And there was only, like always, people were telling me, oh, you're going to need to travel to Canada or to the United States to practice, okay? So don't expect, you know, to thrive as a PharmD in Jordan. Just go there to practice. So I have been living for six years, waiting to graduate just to come to Canada to practice. (laughs) And then when I came in here, like, oh, my God, like the exams are really hard, like Mm -hmm. the hardest on earth. Um, Canada has three licensure exams. For example, the United States, they have two, okay? Mm-hmm. And the other issue is that your university is your last name. This is how I mm. found out here in Canada. So if you are not graduated from a Canadian university, your chances of being noticed, I'm saying noticed, okay? Yeah. <laughs> noticed would be so little in comparison with uh, someone who got for example, um, graduated from Canada. So that's the mm-hmm. other shock because I was, you know, 
I'm a talented person. I work in multiple different aspects. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified clinical researcher, pharmacist, developer, web developer, a project uh, manager, all of these things. I'm not getting, you know, the job that I'm dreaming of. Uh, the licensure is really long and uh, difficult, complicated, everything. So, yeah, I kind of, it was a shock. But to be honest with you, I think the first year was the hardest. Mm-hmm. After that, it got eased and eased and eased, especially after I started RX course. After I started RX course, I really got noticed. And RX course gave me a tremendous opportunity to speak up and to speak with um, <clears throat> stakeholders, like from the Canadian Pharmacists Association, uh, from the National Association of Regulatory Authorities, NAPRA, for example, uh, the Canadian Society of Hospital Pharmacists, uh, people who are working at the Ontario College of Pharmacists, um, Ontario Pharmacists Association, all of these, probably I really got bumped up because of uh, RX course, because I, I am trying to give to the community. I'm trying to be an active member. So that was a really good one because the first year it was really hard feeling that I think I came to to the wrong country, <laughs> but <laughs> in the last couple of years, I actually felt exactly the opposite. I was being heard. They were listening to me. Uh, they were giving me a lot of opportunities. I got m- m- multiple um, success stories shared. So yeah, I felt like, oh my God, I'm special. And mm-hmm. Canada is a special. So there is hope. Yeah, it For is difficult sure. at the beginning, but it's it's a very good country. It's amazing, actually. 100%. So I'll tell you, you know, something that I want to touch upon uh, of you, in, in the sense that you asked that question. And it really, uh, in the way that you answer that question, and it's something that I personally hold dear to my heart. And I might be wrong. I might be right. I don't know. Again, everything that I state on this podcast is opinion. I don't pretend like I know everything. But what you mentioned is is very interesting and it is true. Yeah. In that usually I, what I've realized is if someone was in a certain mindset, right, in, in where they currently are, maybe they're in a certain country, they're in a certain place, and they have this mindset right now or maybe the situation where they're they're currently struggling. They're not exactly where they want to be in life. Simply changing countries or changing locations, in my experience, from the people that I know, does not solve the problem. Even though for many people, they think it does. You know what? If I just put myself in a different place, that means all these problems are going to go away and I'm going to be in this like amazing place. And, and this is why I asked that question. It's because what you shared as an answer is really beautiful and interesting. It's not when you changed countries that things transform for you. You realize, oh, like Canada has its own challenges, it has its own requirements, its own, you know, its own playing field and all these factors that come into play. But ultimately, it's when you changed your behavior that you saw changes in your life around you. You changed what you were doing. You dove into entrepreneurship. You started building this business. You started really challenging yourself in this new way. You start to see your life transform. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the thing is, so the Canadian mentality evolves about being a producer, not mm. a consumer. Mm. Okay. This is how they want us to be. And uh, they would open all the doors for you as long as you're being creative. You are bringing something new to the table. Um, so this is how, how things like, um, correlate here in Canada. Um, 
exactly the opposite in for example in arab countries um the arab countries they would look for example to our history to your family history what you what your family have done in the past years and what you can done uh what what you can do uh in the new years but they wouldn't really be eager for the change mm. but in canada they are eager for change they open for new ideas mm. so that's the thing. So it's it's actually just to understand the culture and the mentality that the country is living in. Uh, definitely, you will be able to thrive after mm-hmm. that. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I love this, loving this conversation right now. One thing that I do want to also um, ask you is, as you mentioned, because you ended up building a business in this field that you specialize in, right? You were already from this background in pharmacy and healthcare and you built this business. And what, what it actually did for you is that it helped build your personal brand, you know, as this professional, you know, within this space. And this is very interesting because I see a lot of people in entrepreneurship and I'm going to take this little tangent because uh, this podcast, mostly entrepreneurs listen to it. I see a lot of people who think of starting a business and then they immediately go to, well, you know, maybe I can start a store on Amazon or, you know, sell this type of product or let me create like hijabs and sell them online. And it's something always completely separate from who they are and what they're doing. And and what we what we specialize at at Umarpreneur and what we've been doing over the last three years is we really work with Muslim professionals to, to look at, okay, what is it that you're already doing right now? What are your skills? What are your passions? What are your areas of interest? And how can we find a problem within that area and help build a business where it's going to complement your career? It's going to complement your trajectory in life where, you know, if you decide to walk away from this business five, 10 years from now, it has contributed to your growth and not just been something entirely separate from it, right? Yeah. Uh, and for you right now, uh, mashallah, with Rx course, this is exactly what, what you're noticing is that you've built this business in this space and it's actually allowed your personal growth and career to start to really um, grow with that as well. Now with Rx course, I know you mentioned that you had to go through a few challenges in the beginning. And of course, with every business, there are challenges. For you, what were the the biggest challenges or maybe you know you can maybe summarize them into top three or just the biggest challenges you went through in those initial stages as you were building the business those are usually the hardest parts right the hardest days to go through yeah um so i think yeah the first challenge that it just popped up in my head is are we credible are we real? Mm. <laughs> like, we're not gonna, we're not right. fraud. Like, if I purchase something with you, with you, like, you're gonna return my money if I didn't like it. So right. that that was number one. Um, people were looking for credibility. Unfortunately, Canada as a country um, is linked with a lot of fraud. Like, for example, um, I'm, I'm talking about linked with a lot of fraud in the Middle East uh, because mm. Canada is one of the most wanted countries. And there are a lot of fraudulent immigration uh, programs, uh, study Mm. programs. Um, They were targeting people, lay people, unfortunately, you know, how easy it is to get into Canada and people, they would put their money, a couple of thousand dollars, $5,000. I hear a lot of stories that would really like make you, feel so sad uh, about that and how can the Canada name like as a as a country uh, is being really smushed with that um, by the fraudulent activities so that was the first thing like we were telling them hey we are a Canadian 
um, institute. Okay. Mm -hmm. And another thing is that there are some Arab institutes that they would bring in people and they would prepare them for the licensure to come to Canada. But again, we keep telling them, like, how are you going to get your knowledge and your licensure and everything from someone who's not practicing in Canada, who's not living in Canada? So we were just trying to prove, like, hey, we're Canadian, we're credible, we are a registered uh, incorporation, uh, come in here, like, we are here for you, and mm -hmm. we follow the Canadian laws and regulations. If anything that you didn't like, we can refund you. So that was the first uh, issue and trouble with us. The right. second one, since we are in the online, um, as, as an online platform, actually, uh, definitely it would be the hiccups <laughs> in the platform. Mm -hmm. For example, the platform got down, uh, scammers coming in, hackers coming in, and it was like a nightmare. Another thing, the... Uh, the expense of the servers because it's it's different actually when you build up a platform it's different than a website mm -hmm. so a website you're just showcasing what you do and people they would have minimal interaction with the website they would just read probably purchase something mm -hmm. that that would be the maximum but when you have a platform that has Courses, quizzes, marks, um, accounts, messaging, um, posting. <laughs> so, like, you're going to need to protect it very well um, because people, you know, it's open to the whole world. Anyone can come in and make an account and post something, I don't know, like unrelated or anything scary. I don't know. Um, so that was really, really challenge to get into control. To, to have that balance of control and security, okay, but uh, maintaining the openness, like mm -hmm. we're not going to block any country or bro block anyone. So that was another challenge that we faced. Um, the third challenge about Rx course actually is the, um, the instructors, I think. Like that was, that was really <laughs> a big challenge. And until this moment, it's a progressive challenge. In Rx course, we have this mentality that um, me, I want to be like as a person, I want to, we want to maintain the quality assurance of the platform and we want everything to be the highest quality. And it, it was very important for us to make contracts with independent uh, professionals. Okay, so we keep this relationship independent so we have this freedom of quality like um and that was really a challenge and until this moment it is a challenge to find that perfect uh person you know who believes in you and who believes in the message that rx course is providing without looking for like his personal brand or for example looking for his financial um like mm -hmm. benefits because yeah. the thing is with Rx course, we're trying to be budget friendly. We want our courses to be lesser than the exam fees themselves, despite other um, competitors who would, you know, uh, price their courses like the double of the exam fees uh, mm -hmm. by itself. So it is a challenge when you're telling someone that, hey, our exam fees will, uh, our preparation course would be that much. They would say, 
Mm, no, sorry. <laughs> but we have a goal. I want to help those newcomers who are already, you know, facing a huge financial burden. And most of them, pharmacists, working as pharmacy assistants on minimum wage. They have families and houses and, um, you know, the rent, the food, the transportation. And then you have the licensure exam fees. So it's a lot of, yeah, um, yeah it's a lot of expenditure. And Rx Course has this vision that we want to be really budget friendly to help them uh, succeed. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that because we're actually building a platform at Entrepreneur ourselves, uh, completely different, of course, um, for a different goal, different audience, different purpose. But some of the things that you touched upon, I could, I could definitely relate to. We haven't even launched yet, inshallah, and I, I, won't, I can't share too much what it's about, but we will launch uh, hopefully by end of year this year, inshallah. You talked about three things, reputation, security, and instructors. And and I want to touch on, uh, on all three a little bit deeper, but I really want to ask you about the second and the third are, are where I'm really interested right now. The second one, when we talk about security as a platform, and this is for any entrepreneur who might deal in software, for you, what has been the solution? And I know I, I know it, it probably isn't one solution. It probably is multiple solutions that you, you've implemented over time. Yeah. But, but what for you has been the biggest game changer there uh, in, in terms of figuring out like your security? What have you guys done to solve that problem? Um... We actually, actually trial and error, mm -hmm. <laughs> like whatever worked with us, I don't think will work with everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, changing our servers, uh, that, that would be one thing. For example, you got some servers that they have the security built in, um, and the security like, um, firewalls to be built in within the, uh, the platform. Something like Cloudflare, I don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. heard of it, but yeah, of Cloudflare is, is very important, crucial um, platform for any platform that you open for security reasons. You have this like brute, uh, brute uh, force or brute attack button mm -hmm. that you can click on it and it will protect the whole website. So there is like a whole shell on, on mm -hmm. the on the website uh, being covered with. So that would be one thing. Another thing, yeah, the practices inside the platform. For example, um, our students would have a different type of profiles after they purchase a course with us than someone who would be uh, in like just because of the registration and he didn't re register or he didn't like um, purchase anything with us yet. So he was, he just came in, you know, just for registration purposes and that's it. So our students would have much more capabilities uh, than anyone coming from the public, for example. Mm -hmm. And another thing is that doing some sort of, um, you know, um, let's say like monitoring, of course, like we increase our monitoring to the platform, like every single day we have this um at least like once or twice daily that we would monitor and check the activities and um the backup backup is crucial okay right. so just in case of any ransomware anyone who would you know uh give you anything that would say oh we deleted all of your platform and you're gonna have to pay me something or whatever 
So doing backup, so at least like every six hours backup, so you're secure and you feel like you're fine. Like whatever happens, I have the best six uh, hours uh, backup. So yeah, these are kind of like the things that we try to do. I really um, appreciate that. And, and just because like already with what you gave me, I'm like, oh, okay, notes, notes, notes. You got Cloudflare, backups, firewalls, monitoring. Like already that, it's like for any software engineer or entrepreneur, it's like this is already amazing for us to implement. And I want you know, I want to touch upon the instructor part for you. What has been the, um, like for you, what have you realized you needed to do to bring instructors on board to buy into your vision and mission and contribute because a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners are in situations where they need to collaborate with other entrepreneurs, maybe other professionals to help them build a common vision, right? A common platform for you. What has been your strategy or method that you found? Well, you know what? This works, this process, even though we don't get hundred percent. Yes. This process generally has worked for us. What for you has been that process to bring on the right people who buy into your vision and mission to contribute to your platform? So actually, I have uh, two different processes. Um, mm -hmm. One of the um, one of the processes is reference. Like for mm -hmm. example, a friend would tell me, like you know, they would just nominate a person, and this like it worked with some, it didn't work with others. Um, but giving some sort of a nomination helped us because you, you have like a background and when you tell a person that I came in because of that person who could be like a very, um, close friend, uh, he wouldn't really want to let him down. Right. He wouldn't mm -hmm. want to let him down. So because we, they would really work better or they would be really, um, enthusiastic about it. Um, and the lesson that I learned from that is actually you can definitely judge a person from the first week. This okay. is what I've discovered. And the um, first week of what? Like first meeting, first week of courses? Like, like what do you yeah, mean by exactly. first week? So the first week it would be by meetings, uh, by requests, for example, mm -hmm. because the onboarding, as simple as the onboarding. Like when you bring him in, I'm going to need to ask him a few things, right? To make yeah. a contract. I'm going to need your resume. Uh, I will need you to create an account on the platform. I will need you to create some questions like these things. Mm -hmm. If he is really cooperative and doing everything perfectly, there is like, um, um, let's say, a, a very high probability that we he will maintain uh, that quality. But mm. if the onboarding is a struggle by itself, like if you ask him to create an account and he would, I don't know, spend two weeks to create that account, uh, usually it's an indicator that yes. it would be really hard, mm. <laughs> really hard to collaborate with such a person and such a person is definitely busy. That's one thing. The other thing, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, for example, helped me to uh, get to know one of our instructors, and we are in a very, very strong relationship with that instructor. He's a very talented uh, person. He had got all the credentials on earth, like a master's, PhD, PharmD, and he's so humble. And uh, the thing is, basically, is um, LinkedIn is really, really powerful um, platform. And when you share insights about your current progress and the entrepreneurship journey, your vision, your mission, what you're planning to do, that would be like kind of a magnet for like-minded people to connect with you. So mm -hmm. that 
that was a reason, for example, that I met that person. He came in actually uh, to to request to build a course with us. Uh, uh, we, we built not a, just a course, we built a, a whole complete certificate pathway. And um, even we moved into uh, physical workshops around the world with, with him. So um, it could be both, and, but the quality, uh, to be honest, the highest quality you can get is by LinkedIn. When you read, when you go through the, the profile, when you read the post, getting into contact with like-minded, I think this is the golden standard. And definitely a person who's not very busy. Like mm. a person who got one job, okay, you, he can come in with us. But if he's like, he has like two two jobs, three jobs, I'm, I'm sorry. Like even if he's the most talented person on earth, he doesn't have time for you. Yeah. So it's, it's very important to acknowledge that because uh, sometimes it would be you know, difficult to, um, let's say, to take the the defeat and the rejection from that person. But actually, that person's really saving you a lot of time when he rejected your offer because he doesn't have time rather yeah. than he would accept your offer. OK, and, and you will be in limbo doing projects that would take a year or two years to get done with him. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I really appreciate you sharing those tips and, and that advice. And, you know, in terms of what you're sharing as well, um, circling back to number one, which was reputation, I've noticed, at least within my personal experience, that reputation is usually, you know, built upon two to three levers that you can control. One is really just the amount of time that you've been in business. I think a lot of people look at that as well as a testament to, well, are you just like a new business that popped up or are, you know, have you put some time in? Do you have a track record? And number two, of course, like results, right? So like the, your customer experiences, what they're saying about you, what other people say about you. Now for you specifically, what have you noticed were the most impactful levers that you could control or maybe not control when it came to your reputation? What made the biggest difference? The, um, the reputation and what to control, what to not to control. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the thing is about reputation, you can prove yourself by your products and by giving uh, free, like the freemium kind of uh, ideation. So mm -hmm. that really helped us. Uh, the thing is when you are giving your customers the opportunity to try your product, they will understand that you are here for real and you are um, responsible and you are professional at what you are doing. So the freemium is uh, number one. Number two is getting into contact with them. So it would be really hard for a person who is faking what he's doing to maintain the connection with his customers and answering every single question that comes to their minds. Um, they would like come in for a, a month or two or three and that's it and they will leave the area. But when you're credible, professional, know what you're doing and you have this um, vision in your head that the, the, that thing that moves you all the day and uh you would you wouldn't stop like until this moment for us we're answering the questions of students from all over the mena region all over the middle east 
and uh, newcomers in Canada from coast to coast. So that would be a maintenance way of your credibility. Uh, and I would really feel sad for some companies that I see them thriving on social media, for example, and all the posts and everything, but they are not replying to comments. Mm -hmm. or, or if they send you a message on inbox, no reply. I mean, how am I going to have a relationship with you as a, as a customer if you're not replying to my simple message over Facebook? So these things, <clears throat> they really helped us when we are being close with every one of them and being available on everything. So Adex course is available on WhatsApp, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram. So whatever the, uh, the, the student feels comfortable, we would be there for them. Um, and uh, there are some students who would ask us, like, for example, I want a phone call. Okay, phone call is it? It is. Uh, or like, for example, can we meet in person? Okay, let's meet in person. It is. I wouldn't have because if, if you have, if you, you know, if you are really like um, um, confident of what you're doing, it doesn't matter how are you going to meet your customers and, or where you're going to meet your customers or what questions your customers are having, you'd be able to thrive with them. But mm -hmm. if you're lying or fraudulent, nah, yeah, you'll get exposed like in, in a couple of months. <laughs> For sure, 100%. I definitely agree. Now, one thing that you mentioned that um, that I think does prove more challenging for businesses in the later stages will definitely be, and I think that's where you need to have a team of people that you can really rely on as a business owner and CEO, because as a CEO, you can, I remember in the early days of entrepreneur, I was the one on social media replying to all the comments, replying to all the DMs, but now just due to the nature of my schedule, recording these podcasts, managing, you know, our student program, mentorship and all these things that we do along with operating and, you know, supporting my team, it's close to impossible to then have some time to also be on Instagram. So then I delegate that role to, for example, my social media manager or other people within those departments. And I think that's where it's key. It's understanding, well, what are the you know, what are the processes for us as a company that matter when it comes to serving our customers? And then if I can't do them myself, can I delegate them to someone else that I trust with this role, right? Or, or build a department there where I feel like they can take charge of these operations. Um, but yeah, in terms of what you said, I think it's incredibly important. Now, one question that I ask every single guest, and this one is outside of the business, outside of, you know, your experience with RX course. And I appreciate you sharing all of uh, all of these valuable insights that you shared with us today. It's if you could, you know, kind of teleport back in time and meet Shams, who uh, who was maybe a little, maybe a little bit younger, she was eighteen years old. She was just about to start on this path of entrepreneurship, of adulthood, of business, all these things that you're doing now, and you could tell her one thing, one piece of advice to hold on to, okay, as she went through this journey, right? What would you, what would you tell your younger self? Um, <laughs> it would be definitely get a mentor, get a okay. mentor never 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 walk alone that mm. would be like the best thing um i'm sorry like i know google is there i know youtube is there i know you can search for anything that comes in your head but when you're having someone who's older than you and you lean into that person whenever the two are struggling with something Oh my God, it's like a huge change. Uh, sure. It means 100%. everything. Yeah, 
and actually there is um there's a saying by a Shafi'i, but it's in Arabic. Mm-hmm. So he said, like you're you're never gonna, or for example, yeah, you're not you're never gonna get into the level of wisdom until or the level of success until you have to do six things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is to be clever. The second thing is to be dedicated. Uh, the third thing is, um, yeah, kind of like a clever, dedicated, yeah, passionate dedication. about what you yeah. do. Passionate about what you do is very important. Um, and then um, studying, reading about what you do, and getting a mentor mm-hmm. in the long time, the long duration. So don't think that you will have results in a month or two a year or two, things will take some time. You have to be patient with it. And doing some little things every single day is better than doing everything in a couple of days and you get burned out. So that's a important advice. And for me, I learned this thing actually when I was in my first year at university, uh, this saying by Shafi'i, and from that day, I decided to be the best friend of my professors. I would just mm. visit them in their offices and learn from them, bring new ideas. Like if, if there's something that I didn't like about the faculty or the way that the courses are being run, I would just go and tell, you know, go and tell them, like, hey, yeah, uh, mm. wouldn't we do that? Would be better. How about that? How about that? Some of them listened. Some of mm. them didn't. But some of them listened and they they had really incredible advices. I was the best friend of my previous CEO in the first company that I worked for. I became the best friend of my CEO. Like I was this young junior employee who would be working with the CEO all the day. Mm-hmm. What is that doing? But uh, because I learned huge mm-hmm. lessons um, from her and she supported me a lot. And I continued the journey here in Canada. So actually, one of the things, how how am I going to reach the level of getting into the conferences and to getting into the associations and the societies, you know, to, to reach more level of credibility. And the best thing was to connect with those people who were thriving in their time uh, in these uh, societies and um associations and everything and i got into contact with someone who won who won multiple prizes back in the 2005 i think 2005 2006 he had the best pharmacy team and everything and i chose him and i told him i wanted to be my mentor teach me how did you do that okay so and he was very nice actually people love it especially elderly like someone who is not elderly like elderly i'm not talking about 80s and 90s but someone who had the level of enough wisdom over 40 years of all uh, of age and um who got an experience of at least 20 years and they love it like i'm a person who would if i can have any young uh, you know entrepreneur or any young uh, pharmacist any young person who's younger than me like 10 years and he came to me asking for advices I would just like open my arms and would give him everything that I have. And so people, they would love it. Uh, They would respect you better. 
and you you can reach your maturity much faster because you are in contact with someone who had been through all of that so yeah, yeah, that's the advice. Get a mentor. 100%. 100%. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I, I was even, as you're talking, I'm like, man, I should like clip this and like show this to my students because it's so important. But really, thank you so much for sharing your insights, sharing your value. This was an absolute uh, pleasure of a conversation. So just for that. Where can people go if they want to connect with you? Even uh, go and, you know, sign up to RX course, uh, yeah. go and be part of your courses and be part of your platform as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so where can people go to do that? Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Where? So where? Yeah. Just you, you can just um, type in www.rxcourse.com. That's all. Beautiful. Yeah, awesome. and you can connect with me. Actually, RX Course, as I said, it's a social media. So you're going to find my profile on, on RX Course. You're going to find our blogs. And you can connect with me over LinkedIn. I'm a very active member at LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you're just going to go to LinkedIn and then Shams Kayan um, mm. there. Yeah. And there were social awesome. media, what it, any social media that you have on your phone, just go there, Google RX course or search RX course, and you're going to find us on all the social medias available. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to drop the links to that in the episode notes. So if you're listening, go and check out the episode notes. And if you're watching on YouTube or any other video platform, go and look in the description. We'll have the links there to go and sign up to the platform. Go and give it a sign up and go and check it out if that is relevant to you. And or if you know someone that could benefit, make sure to send them the website and let them know that this platform is available. Jazakallah Khirsham. So it was an absolute pleasure of an episode. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on. And wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wassalam.